Hey there, it's Cheryl here. I Today is a very special day. It's not very often that mentees get to interview mentors, but today I get to do that. And you're in for a real treat because Mel does not do interviews super often and for a lot of people. So Mel, Abraham, thank you so much for um, agreeing to be here today and sharing some things that you know, have been important to you for a long time, but I think they're incredibly timely and important right now. So we cannot just speak up and be heard about what we think, but so we can really turn into thought leaders to really invoke positive change. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Cheryl, for, for asking me, repeatedly asking me, because it took a little while to get me on here. So, so it's, it's great to get here. Yeah, I think I learned from you to be persistent. So now it's... <laughs> So, uh, and before we jump in, you know, I would like everyone to know a little bit, you know, about your background because you have, you know, an incredible background in a lot of things that a lot of people might not know as far as um, being a CPA and evaluation and how that led to thought leadership. So before we get into these tips and strategies that honestly, I believe cumulatively could help repair the world. I believe it 100%. So before we get into that, can you let us know a little bit about you? And maybe when you are, I mean, you're still a young person. <laughs> See the gray? I'm treading very lightly here. Um, maybe when you were a younger person, what inspired you earlier in your life to really um, inspire thought leaders and make this you know, a career and why it's important to you. So can you share a little bit about yourself and why you chose to be an expert in thought leadership? Um, so, so great question, Cheryl. I, and I'm not sure that I chose it. It may have chose me and, and I just accepted it uh, in, in the process. I am, as, as, as you said, a CPA and, and I started in that CPA journey. To, and I, I think that if, if we look back on how I ended up here, it was, I went to one of the large accounting firms in downtown Los Angeles and started to work the traditional path of an accountant, which was horrible. It's, I mean, it's working long hours and everything. And, but uh, it was a good training ground. But there was one night, it was 10 o'clock at night on a Friday night. I was working late again and I was staring out at the, the skyline of downtown Los Angeles. And it's a, it, it lit up at night. It was, it, it's really nice to, to look at. But I then looked at, it, back in at the partner that I was working for. And there's this partner sitting there and he was probably 30 to 40 pounds overweight, um, stressed out as all get out, not sleeping in and working long hours. And what I saw was my future. And I said, is this really what I want to do? I've been given, I've learned some skills, some strengths, some, some, uh, talents to be able to go and serve. Am I really serving, ticking and tying and checking boxes and doing all that? Or is there a better way for me to use my skill set? And, and I literally quit that day. I, I walked in that night and said, I'm not coming in Monday. I'm out. And, uh, and, and I think that's where it all started. I didn't know that I would end up here though. Mm -hmm. I, I started I came into this and said, what do I want to do? How do I want to do this in a bigger and a better way? So we make sure that, that we get, I can use my skills in a, in a positive way. 
And so part of this was this, is, is I realized, and this is, I think, goes to some of the things that we may talk about, is I was a numbers guy. I'm a left brain thinker, columns and rows, numbers got to add up, two and two is four, and, and all of that stuff. But I went into a non-traditional path for an accountant. I started doing expert witness testimony. And so I would testify on financial matters, which is, is probably one of the most boring things you can testify on other than DNA evidence. But I would do I would do that for people like I'd be the kind of person they'd hire to to testify and put Ber, uh, people like Bernie Madoff in jail, and uh, and in that process I realized that the most important skill that we can nurture and and we can look around us today and see how important it is, but the most important skill that we can nurture in in ourselves is the ability to communicate. I may be dealing with numbers all the time, but unless I can communicate around those numbers and tell a story with the numbers, so I, I move people to, to think differently and do differently, we're not going to get different results. And, and I think that that's what started to get me into this idea of thought leadership um, in, in one sense. The second reason that I went into thought this this arena or, or thinking about this is that I knew and I came out of this this game of playing swapping hours for dollars. It's the worst business model that you're ever going to find. And the, the timesheet I think was created in 1919. It should have been burned on New Year's Eve 1919. It, it just to swap hours for dollars com, com, completely commoditizes everything you do. It cheapens it. It doesn't we we're we're not looking at the value of the transformation of your communication and the, the services and the things that we do. And, and so I realized that the only way I could transcend and, and get above the hours for dollars paradigm was to make sure that I was at the top of the game, that to make sure that I was seen not as just an expert, because there's a lot of experts out there. Heck, Google is an expert, okay, because it's got information. And it was perceived previously in, in years gone by that if you held the information, you were an expert. It's more about the transformation you get with your expertise. And so to me, the thought leader isn't the one that just knows stuff, but is the one that's known for the stuff they know. They're searched out. They're hunted down. They are chased. They are called up. And, and they're, they are seen. And, and that, I think it's the combination of those couple things that really started to drive me in this direction. Yeah. And I think uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I think a lot of people are uh, thinking about that now, you know, they're thinking now that they've had to be in quarantine for however long I've lost track. Honestly, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been Mid a while. Um, Mid-March. Yeah. It's been a yeah. while people are reassessing of how do I want to live my life? How do I want to be remembered? And that kind of thing. And it takes remarkable courage, you know, to pull the trigger and to leave and uh, to leave what is kind of security. Um, so that is, that is really amazing. And of course we have to have the conversation around, you know, what do you think is the, the mindset required to not just, make the shift from where you are to where you want to be, but the mindset required uh, to think of yourself as a thought leader, because, you know, as you know, a, a year ago, I was in a very different place. I did not think of myself as a thought leader. 
Um, it, it, to be honest, you know, I don't think it was a year ago, but two years ago, you know, and I'll be totally transparent. Um, you know, we're having like cash flow conversations, mm-hmm. you know, and I certainly being a thought leader was like, no, that's not me. Those are like those, that's you, you know, that's you and maybe some of the other folks that you just spent time with on the island, you know? Um, yeah. And so let's just talk for a second about the mindset because a lot of things have happened in the last year for me, thanks, of course, in part to you. And so let's just talk about the mindset shift that is required because I really believe that all people now need to use their circle of influence to for positive change. And for us to do that, we have to have a certain mindset around thought leadership. So can you speak to what you think that mindset is? Yeah, I, I think that the the issue, and I hear this come up a lot when I'm out speaking or doing different things or, or in, in interviews and that type of thing, is where, where people will say to me something to the effect of, well, I don't, I don't think I'm expert enough um, to be here, to, to do this, to... Uh, you, you yourself, Cheryl, may have said it to me at, at one point in time. Um, and, uh, and here's, here's the challenge because when I, what I get to see is I get to see a lot of people that start to play this game of, oh, I'll take one more course. I'll read one more book. I'll get one more certification. I'll, I'll do these things. And then I will be ready. In the meantime, I'm going to say this is that, that I'm not, I am not exempt from it. I, you know, my book, I, I wrote my book. It, it came out in uh, 2015. It's a five-year anniversary uh, called The Entrepreneur's Solution. That was written in 2000, 2010. Mm-hmm. I sat on the manuscript for five years. And the reason I sat on the manuscript, I had a, a dear friend who kind of kicked me in the, in, the, in the rear quarters and said, why are you sitting on it? And I said, ah, you know, there's a lot of books out there on entrepreneurship. There's a lot of things out there already. And he said, I said, and there's a lot of me in that book. And he looked at me and he said, right. And they haven't heard it your way yet. And that there is a, there's a group of people that haven't heard it your way yet. You, you have a journey, Cheryl, you have a journey and the listeners, they all have a journey that they've been on. They've had experience and expertise that, that they have that they can share with, with the world. And there's, there's a group of people that is suffering and struggling and looking for a solution, but they're looking for your solution. They just don't know it yet. And, and what we need to think about is this. It's not the designations that will determine your expertise. It's not the education necessarily. And now there's some things like, like the medical, you got to have licenses for putting that aside for a moment. What your customer, what your client, and what your your community uh, cares about is can you get them the results they are searching for? Can you solve the problem that that they want solved? And, And if the answer to that is yes, then you're expert enough to be in the game. And you need to take ownership of that expertise and your journey. My journey is different than every other entrepreneur and, and, and just as the same as, as yours. It answers specific questions. I do it a certain way. There, I, am not, I am not for everyone. There's a lot of people that go, wait, you know, 
uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not for, for and, and I get that. We realize that this isn't about you serving everyone. This is about finding this little pot of people that you resonate with, that you connect with, that need the solution that you can provide in the way that you can provide it. In their eyes, you are the thought leader. And, and that means that it's time to just step into it and serve. That, so, I mean, to me, that's the way I would look at it. And that little pot of people, it could, it could be a little pot or it could be a big pot. Oh, yeah. It could be your family. It could be your team at work. It could be your company. It could be a whole new endeavor that it's time and you're being called for different. Uh, so, you know, I just think that that is such an important statement and people need to take that and think about what is the next level for them, no matter how big or how small. And so if they ask themselves the question, if they're questioning whether they are a thought leader in their space, but they ask themselves the question, if I were that thought leader, how would I act? How would I show up? And how would I speak? And then just start doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely for sure. So thanks so much. That, that really uh, resonated. And I hope for anyone listening, if you have this uncomfortable feeling like you should be doing more different, then um, just, just start because the time is now. And I really, you know, concur and really believe that the world needs to see um, this, to see what that next level is from you or what that more different is. So now let's get down to the interesting question of, let's say that we're like, okay, I'm in, let's go. I know I'm being called for more. Like when it comes to, you know, my framework, this Be Heard Now framework that, you know, we're launching into all sorts of companies and associations. And um, I believe wholeheartedly that it's going to reach 100,000 people by the end of next year. I mean, that's kind of the big, nutty dream. I don't think I've shared that with you yet. But um, but how can you give us three or four things based on your expertise? And keeping in mind too that your expertise I think is combined with your I don't know how many black belts you have and that and all sorts of other things. I have a funny karate story about how I didn't make it past a very low level, but I'll share that another time. But three black belts, that is like beyond my comprehension at the moment. But if, if we're thinking, okay, I'm in, I know I'm being called for more, I know I'm being called for different or what have you, what are the, the three or four most important things once people have accepted the challenge or surrendered to the challenge, what would you say is most important for them to focus on and do? So, so here's, here's the thing. Um, in the thought leader space, what we do is is slightly different than a uh, a typical entrepreneur. So the typical entrepreneur will look at the world and say, "There's a need there." They'll see the gap and they'll say, "Oh, great! I can solve that." So they run back to their laboratory and they they make their solution and they they go back out to the marketplace and say, "Here's the solution." And they sell it to the marketplace. It, 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 it starts external. It's opportunistic. And, and I don't mean it in any negative way. Uh, and they serve a need in the marketplace. As a thought leader, as, as someone in this space, in the wisdom space, if you will, 
what we typically do is we spend some time going inside first. And so I would say first things first is take the time to figure out what your skills, your strengths, and your passions are. Mm -hmm. Your skills, your strengths, and passions. Uh, if you're concerned or questioning and, and confused about it, think about the, 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 the typical questions that people, your friends come up to you and say, hey, can you help me with this? And if they're asking you more than once, can you help me with this? Can you look at this? Guess what? They perceive you as having a strength in that arena. Now, I'm not saying to judge it. I don't want you to filter. I just want you to write it down in a column. Okay. You write it down in a column. And you say, here's all my strengths. Here's all my, um, my skills. And, and here is, here's all my passions. And I have it in a column. Now we take another column and we, and we look at it and say, great. With these strengths and skills, what, what problems does, do they solve? So now we, we, we fill this column with a bunch of problems that can be solved based on your strengths and skills. Then from there, you can now look at it and say, all right, here's the problems I can solve. And you figure out the top problems you want to focus in on. And now you go to the next column and say, who has those problems? So we go inside out. Now, does that make you a thought leader? Does that make you a leader in any stretch? And the answer is no. So how do we, how do we then transcend that? How do we navigate that? So I've got three columns. I've got skills, uh, strengths, and, and passions. I have pa uh, problems that I solve, and I have marketers I, I, can, I can serve. So how we move from our strengths to the problems is now you have to create a proprietary process that's uniquely yours and a framework that's uniquely yours. Your be heard framework. Framework. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's you, you like, I never even knew, I barely knew about frameworks before I met you. And yeah, now it's like the cornerstone of my business. It, is, it really is. And it becomes the cornerstone of your reputation because we build the business around it. But we create this unique process. We create this and the process has steps to it and, and everything all built. That moves you to saying, I can solve your problems because I have a, a proprietary process. I have a proprietary signature framework that gets it done and gets results. That now we got to look, how do I bridge from the solutions to the marketplace? Mm -hmm. So what that's done is now that's about positioning. That's about communication. It's about positioning. It's about using marketing to position you as the go-to person so they see it through those eyes. And, and so those are the things that I would, especially first starting out, let's just go inside first, figure out what, what we know, what we love, what we can do. Let's figure out what problems they solve and who's got those problems so we can go serve. And if anyone's thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot of stuff. It is, it takes time. But, you know, the, the favorite quote that I have is just proceed as if success is inevitable. And as long as you kind of understand that it's, it's possible, um, just do the first step. And if the first step is just thinking about that first column. And, and, that, and that, I think that that's exactly it. And to give it perspective, most thought leaders, most 
people at the top of the game that are out there serving are living their calling. Mm -hmm. okay? You're living your calling, Cheryl. This is what you were meant to do. This is what you're put on earth to do. This is what your life's work is going to be. Doesn't it deserve a little effort? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It deserves like keep to keep going even the many times that I've called and said, I think I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and so, yeah, it is. It's hard and uh, it definitely is hard. But I think those are just a series of tests to make sure that you're up to the challenge. When you get in the game, I would I would not I would expect I would just presume it's going to be a three year journey. It, it may not be a three year journey. Uh, but here's why I say that is that if I go in with a mindset that I'm in this game for three years, the first year is primarily focused on awareness, raising the awareness that you are even alive, that you're even there. Mm -hmm. The second year is to then look at getting traction. Now that they know you're there, let's get traction and start moving. Mm -hmm. And then the third year is about escalation. It's about scaling and building and, and, and growing at a faster pace. It's about acceleration, if you will. And so can that be done in a shorter time frame? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I've done it with, with clients and, and I've seen other people do it. But if we go in with a three-year mindset, we're going to dedicate ourselves, just like when I owned my martial arts studio, I would tell the, the parents when they brought kids in, I said, pick a belt, and get them to that belt first before they can make a decision that they're going to decide to keep going or not go. Because at some point it's going to not feel good. At some point it's not going to uh, be fun. And, and we commit to that three-year journey. If we make it in 18 months, great. We can celebrate, but we know we're in the game for three years and we just commit to it and we do the things that we need to do to make it happen. So I guess it's no coincidence that we started in 2017. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and you're seeing things that are that are sprouting and and coming out of the ground now that are from efforts from prior. We need to we need to plant the seeds and continue to plant the seeds and then watch them grow. Yeah, for sure. And if you're uh, we're regardless of where everyone is in their journey, it might even be just thinking that there is more thinking that there is different, just it, you know, it doesn't happen in solitude. So try and get some support, you know, along the way and some allyship and people that believe in you, even if it's just like a good friend for now that you can talk with things about. And so, uh, and I know that you're up to a lot of things. You're always creating things to help people because you are so passionate about thought leadership, especially during this time when we need positive words, but we also need positive action. And you're creating a lot of things to help people with that. So if what you're talking about is really resonating with people, can where can they find more? Where can they learn more? And also, what are you in the process of creating that's going to help them accelerate that progress. Um, great. So the, I think the first thing is that if someone wants to learn more about this, the thought leader journey, what I call the thought leader blueprint um, is you go to joinmail.com and it's free training that you can get in there and, and I'll walk you through some of the, the core elements and the core steps to, 
to making it it happen. That that's that's one. Two, where my where I'm focusing a lot of energy on these days uh, is is in the space of thought leadership, but also in the space of of financial liberation. Understanding how, as entrepreneurs, we need to run our businesses differently, run our lives differently, so we can be completely financial liber- financially liberated. I don't mean wealth because wealth is a statistic. That's it. Uh, It's just a number because I know a lot of extremely wealthy people that are not liberated. They're actually trapped. They're in a financial prison. They're imprisoned by their money. Yet what I want to have happen when you look at the the coronavirus or uh, or anything, people didn't expect that, you know, in, in an instant, the world would shut down. But it did. And jobs were lost. Futures are lost, uh, savings are lost, and and it's it's not done yet. And yet, if we run our lives financially differently, if we understand the principles of affluence, if we understand what I call the affluence blueprint, we can run things very differently. So you can, if things shut down, you're still safe. And it's came near and dear to my heart. This is this is a culmination of a, a thirty plus year financial journey for me and. Uh, you know, I was diagnosed uh, in June of last year with with bladder cancer, and uh, and had to sh- and I literally shut everything down just so I could focus on healing. And I'm I'm fine. I'm doing great, and and I've had a couple surgeries and and a handful of of tumors taken out, but uh, I'm doing great. But the point is this: is that I was able to to stop things and and shut things down so I could take the stressors off my life. And focus on the things that matter. Focus on the things that provided value. Focus on the things that allowed us. I and mean, so, I, I want I want to help people get what I think is the ultimate luxury and the luxury of options in their life. And it's not four hundred one ks, and it's not traditional advice, and it's certainly not social security. It's a lot of other things. And so that's that's where I'm spending a lot of time these days uh, helping people navigate this this kind of transition because it, it came it came full circle and smacked them right in the face with the with with where we're at right now yeah and so if that i mean that's incredibly interesting to me that is definitely um something that i'm going to jump into as soon as it's available so if people if they're interested in that is there a waiting list or can they learn about it now or what's the status they can, if they just if they just hit me up on my website melabraham.com uh, with a note, um, I'll make sure that they're on that that they get contacted with it with uh, the information on it. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time, your stories, and most importantly, those tools. So again, we can all use our circle of influence and what we're also being called to do to impart positive change. And honestly, I think the world needs it now more than ever. So thanks uh, for all that you do and for your time today. And I look forward to learning more about all the new and other amazing things you have coming out. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. Thanks for asking me. And thanks for being persistent to finally get me on here. It's a pleasure. And uh, your work is, it matters as well as everyone else's work matters. So we need to get it out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thanks again.